Welcome to the Real Estate Syndication Show. Whether you are a seasoned investor or building a new real estate business, this is the show for you. Whitney Sewell talks to top experts in the business. Our goal is to help you master real estate syndication. And now your host, Whitney Sewell. This is your daily real estate syndication show. I'm your host, Whitney Sewell. Today, our guest is Bill Manassero. Thanks for being on the show, Bill. Hey, it's great being here, Whitney. Yeah, awesome to have you on. And I was telling Bill before we got started, I've heard so many great things about him over the last couple of years and couldn't believe we've never met face-to-face. So uh, just uh, glad to welcome him on the show. But a little about Bill. He's a real estate investor and the top dog at the Old Dogs REI Network, a website, blog, and podcast for people 50 years of age and older who are using real estate investing to fund their retirement years and create legacy for their families. Prior to forming the Old Dogs REI Network, Bill and his family were missionaries in Haiti. Prior to Haiti, he was a professional musician, entrepreneur, corporate executive, and in business for 20 plus years. Bill, thank you again for your time this morning and being willing to share your expertise with the listeners and myself. Give us a little background about who you are and and what you're doing in real estate right now. Let's jump into your superpower. Oh, you bet. Well, basically, you know, I started late in real estate, which is uh, kind of the focus, as you mentioned, uh, of our website and blog and uh, podcast. And I was, uh, you know, as I mentioned, uh, as you mentioned, I was in Haiti. We were missionaries serving there for about 12 years. Yeah, so we were getting near the end of the time that we felt, you know, we should be going home. We, I was looking at what I could do when I go back. And I had, uh, yeah, I thought, well, yeah, because I'm not the kind of guy just going to retire, just going to sit down and just kind of collect seashells or something down in Laguna Beach. But uh, so, you know, I'm, I'm kind of like looking at all these different options. And I actually I got this check in the mail, unexpected check, an inheritance uh, amount. And, uh, and I, I had been pretty heavily vested in the stock market, so I didn't feel comfortable going in the stock market at that time. You know, it was kind of a volatile time. I was thinking of diversifying. I started looking at different options, uh, and I had uh, on our nonprofit organization that runs our activities in Haiti, I have a lot of real estate guys. I have a real estate investor. I have a construction guy that has a construction firm, another guy that's a, uh, a syndicator. So I, I thought, well, maybe I could invest in real estate and that'd be a way to diversify. And that's kind of how it started. I was still in Haiti. I started researching and looking at what I could do. It's a lot of different options. I was thinking of flipping at one point. I was thinking of you know just every kind of different strategy in real estate. Ended up buying a couple of turnkey properties. I hopped on a plane out of Port-au-Prince, Haiti, flew into Atlanta, uh, I bought a, a house there. I flew to Memphis, bought a duplex and a house there and came back, you know, about four days later with these properties. And, you know, the next month I'm getting checks in the mail. I'm going, this is, this is pretty sweet. You know, this is, uh, this is nice. And I was looking at that, I think, well, maybe, you know, when I go back to the States, man, I can continue to invest in real estate because we still have our nonprofit in Haiti. And I thought, well, maybe that could be a way I could help to fund some of our activities there. And that's kind of how I got started. And early on, I, you know, I had these three properties, paid about the same amount for each one, but the duplex just stood out because uh, you know I, I was getting twice as much rent from it, but I paid the same that I did for those single family homes. And uh, you know, I only had one mortgage payment, one roof to deal with, one 
property tax payment went, you know, but I had basically two rentals there. And I thought, well, you know, so the, the whole economies of scale hit me real hard at that point. I go, gee, you know, why am I messing with these single family homes? Why don't I start, you know, buying multi, multis? And that's how, kind of how I got started. And as I realized, hey, this could be something I could do, you know, while I'm in, you know, it's kind of like a job or, or whatever, uh, while I'm, when we move back to the States. And that's where I got kind of this goal I set in mind of reaching a thousand units in six years. And that kind of spurred my, <laughs> you know, my, you know, got me motivated to get to move for, forward in, in real estate. Nice. Business. Yeah. You need a goal, right? We all need a goal. Need somewhere, think about where we're going and, and how to get there or else we will go somewhere else, right? You know, we don't want to go, but you know, let's focus on like your specialty and like investing after 50. Let's help that investor that's listening right now that's saying, just like you talked about, you know, I'm getting started late in life or, you know, I'm wanting to leave that legacy. But, you know, I just I haven't thought about this before now and I'm almost 50 or I'm looking at retiring. What can I do now? It seems so late to start looking at building that legacy or funding my retirement through real estate. How do you help people do that, Bill? Let's walk through some of that. Sure. I think, you know, there is a difference. And this is one of the reasons how this podcast emerged in the the blog and so forth, is that the people in that age group, especially if they're starting later, they've already worked and served their time at a full-time job or maybe multiple jobs, or maybe they had a business or whatever it may have been. But the focus was sort of building up. And by the time you reach your, you know, 50s, you're either approaching retirement or you're you're in retirement and the focus is, yeah, okay, I've got this nest egg. Okay, now that's going to sustain me through the rest of my life or is it, you know, and then you have the question, you know, what what are the things that I might encounter? What if I have a major health issue where I I just need more funds than I set aside for that? And and so there's a, a lot of concern that people have at that age, you know, as they're kind of moving toward retirement. And whether they're going to have enough, whether they're going to be able to have the kind of retirement that they really wanted, and uh, whether or not you know it's going to sustain them. And then there's those too that that have done the math and they've got what they really feel is going to be able to cover them, but they want to be able to maintain that those funds and to be able to get a good return wherever they invest those funds. So the big difference is you know when you're younger and you're starting off. Yeah, you can you can take a little more risk. You got the years to learn and to make the mistakes and what have you. But when you're starting later, especially when you worked all these years to build that nest egg, you don't want to take chances. And you're really, you know, th- that you don't have the time to build it back up, right? Exactly. I mean, and all those people in you know 2008 and after the Great Depression, you know, or recession, they, you know, a lot of them just they lost everything. And so those people even it was even tougher. So I think that this is the group that wants to get involved, but they're very, very cautious, very conservative in their investing. And so we try to address those issues so that they don't have to deal with such a learning curve that you would have, you know, maybe starting off younger. Nice. Okay. Well, maybe you can highlight the first few steps you, you help people with. They're in that spot. They're not, obviously they want the least amount of risk as we all do, but sometimes you have to take a little more risk for a bigger reward, right? But, you know, how do you, how do you guide that person, you know, if they're 50, mid fifties, whatever, and they're having those thoughts that you did to invest that money, obviously they've worked so hard for, and they're counting on it, uh, you know, to live on. I understand. I mean, that's, that's such a difficult decision. How do you help them walk through that? Yeah. And, you know, just to clarify too, I'm, I don't coach. I'm not a, you know, I don't have a educational program or anything of that nature. 
one of the reasons I, I did this on my own too is because I had when I started researching real estate investing, I kind of went into a lot of other people's programs. I have a whole bookshelf full of, <laughs> you know, these programs, you know, that I, oh, here's my flipping one, here's my wholesaling one, here's my, you know, all these. And so I wanted a, a safe place where people could come to learn where they're not going to be sold. They're not constantly being pitched. And that's the podcast, that's the blog and, and the website is that people can go there and I just provide information. I have great folks on that have been doing this for many, many years that share their expertise. And we dig deep, you know, in our in our podcast like you do when you interview your guests to try to pull out the kind of information that give value to that age group. So and then I, we have also a lot of written articles and we have resources, sure. and all, all kinds of things that that the, is available for them. But the main thing I do is I try to get a foundation for them so they're not wasting a lot of time. The key thing is to understand your why. The first thing is why are you doing this? And I'm not just saying, well, we need to make extra money. That's that, that's not a why. You know, For myself, the thing that I see is uh, I have seven kids and I have some that uh, that aren't married yet. I got four daughters, but three unmarried daughters. And, you know, they want to have that wedding of their dreams. I, I you know, I've got sons too. That I've got some going to college and all this stuff. So, you know, you, you want them to be able to achieve their goals and their dreams and be a part of that, helping them. And so that's one of my whys. But, you know, because we're so plugged into Haiti, I also see the faces of those kids that were, you know, sleeping on the streets that I, I met when I first went to Haiti. And, and that to me is a big part of my why too, because we're trying to, I don't need a thousand units, but my goal is to generate enough that we can help those children as well as our, you know, my own family. So that's the why that's really key. And then the next thing is really getting in there and doing the research and, and find out exactly what type of investing you want to do. And there's so many different things. You, you know, you can be active, you can be passive, you can own your own rental properties, or you can be a part of investing in somebody else's uh, projects uh, through syndication. But then where do you go? Do you go for multifamily? You go self-storage? Do you want to, you know, maybe you just want to do a REIT or it's understanding and doing your research and seeing what fits your needs and to available time as well, because some strategies take more investment of your time. So once you kind of narrow that down, then I, I recommend the next is developing a strategic plan, putting a plan together where you outline these are my goals. Here's my uh, my mission, my vision, my objectives, my goals. And you look at strategies to try to achieve those goals. And in that process, you're learning each year. It should be like a living document, a, literally a notebook that's on your desk that you turn to every day and you say, well, what am I going to do today? And what's my most important thing I'm going to focus on? And then you put your, your day together and you put your week together, a month and year and so forth. And that'll be your governing document to get you where you want to be. And then, you know, after after you start doing it, I mean, the, the toughest thing is taking the step and, and, and actually investing the very first step, whether it's uh, buying your first property or getting involved in your in becoming an LP in your first syndication deal. Nice. You know, I like how obviously you talk about, you know, finding your why, why are you doing this? I liked how you mentioned, you know, even seeing those kids in Haiti and just spending so much time there. And that just keeps you driven, right? It keeps you driven, you know, and thinking, okay, you know, these kids are, uh, are you know, are depending on me to make this happen. 
I love just that, just the goal of giving back as well and thinking through those, you know, about those children that are depending on Bill to make this happen, uh, you know, in real estate and these investments. But I also like to ask the question to people, where are you going to be if you don't invest? If you don't do this, where are you going to be, you know? And just thinking through that or where you could be by investing. So I think you have to take some risk there. Where did you start to do the research? I know we talked about podcasting, your website, which is a great resource, but it's still hard to know, right? It's still, you know, or maybe they can find a mentor, find somebody that's already investing. You know, what do you suggest? Yeah. And, and that's another step I, I say is really key to, I forgot to mention that too, is, is that, uh, finding a mentor. I think that's really, especially when you're starting later, because to be directed by somebody or at least coached by somebody who is, uh, who's been there and done that and made the mistakes so that you, again, can reduce your risk and uh, make hopefully less mistakes. We're all going to make mistakes. I don't care where you, where you, <laughs> you know, how much experience you have or what, how great your mentor is, you're still going to make mistakes, but you can avoid a lot of the big ones if you have that kind of uh, assistance there. But to answer your question, I think that the key thing is, is just, again, having the direction where you know where you want to be. And I believe also the motivation because you're going to be discouraged. There's times where you are going to be discouraged. I remember, you know, my first, some of my first rentals, it was nuts. I mean, you get the, these tenants from, you know, the tenants from hell. So, you know, they just were just the hardest thing in the world to deal with. But that's part of that learning process. So you go through that. And I've known people that said, I'm out of here. I'm selling everything. I've, I'm done with real estate investing. But I think that persistence is really key. If you're if you're really serious about what you're doing and that why motivates you, okay, you're not going to give up. Like you said, you, you think of those kids being dependent on you. And you want to be able to move forward and not be distracted by the little things that sometimes seem like the biggest thing in the world when you're in the middle of it. But you keep moving forward and you'll see the progress that you'll make. You know, I picture most individuals, say 50 or over, that are wanting to invest in real estate are, are more times than not going to be wanting to be passive, not go down the active role. While there's many that will want to be active as well. Do you encourage even a mentor, say, for a passive investor on that side as, as well? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question, Whitney, because I don't even know of any that, that, you know, I mean, I know a lot of guys that syndicate. But I don't know any that just coach on syndicating and how to find the right sponsor, how to vet a sponsor, how to analyze a deal. I think that's a great idea. And I, I think uh, for the passive side, we have a lot of information that we provide. And as we were talking about that, you know, where do you get your education from is I think that there's tons of great books that we do. We've had uh, some great guests on who have been syndicating for 50 years, you know, that are just uh, great resources. And. There's also a lot of, you know, just a, a lot of great podcasts, YouTube and so forth that you can go to, to find that kind of information. But I think that the research part of it is really key too. You really, you really need to dig in and understand. It can be overwhelming. And I think a lot of people are kind of scared of syndication because sure. it, it is, well, it's a legal thing I'm involved in too. And there is risk. There's always risk involved. And so you have to have somebody that can you could talk to, I think, that can help you through that. Sometimes it's a fellow investor or it could be a coach type uh, individual as well. What's been the hardest part of the syndication business or just real estate investing for you, Bill? I think because I have both. You know, I, I have my own properties that, where I, that are not syndicated and I still maintain those. And then I have the syndication side. Syndication to me was just very 
kind of ominous. <laughs> and uh, I had uh, I used to uh, do IPOs. I was in financial PR and would launch new public companies and stuff. So I, I had some experience working with the SEC and 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 the requirements. And and it is kind of ominous. You're thinking, oh, gee, you know, I want to do this right. I want to make sure that you know, all my I's are dotted, my T's are crossed. So it can seem that it's a big it's a big endeavor. But as you as you do it a few times and as you get involved, you realize it's really it's really a, a very easy and it is very passive. I think the key element is screening your sponsor, picking the right deal, and that's really really important because you're putting in a lot of faith in the people that are that are actually operating that deal. Knowing what you know now, what would you have done differently on your first few deals or the first one itself? Early on, I would say on the real estate investing side, I got really excited because I found all these cheap properties. <laughs> okay, in the you know because I invest mainly in sort of the Midwest and the South and in the U.S. So I was kind of overwhelmed. These are great, you know, and look at the look, you know, look, look at the uh, you know the cap rate. It's like so high. I mean, it's going to go. But the reason it is is because you've got a higher risk involved. And I kind of learned the hard way that see properties can be very time consuming, very expensive. And now I, you know, I don't, I don't touch the C's, but I, you know, I focus primarily on B properties and, and we're actually doing A properties in some of our syndication deals right now. How do you prepare for a, a downturn? I think it's always going into the deal. You, you have to look at, a lot of people say, you're not going to be able to find under, under market value properties. And, and I beg to differ. Yeah, I think you can find under market properties. That's your buffer. You go into a deal buying a property that's under market value, and you already have that buffer. Granted, you're going to have your buffer from your down payment, of course, uh, that's going to have that equity in there. But that's a, this is additional equity that's going to be there to kind of cover you if things things get tight. It allows you, one, to be able to lower rents if you have to, if, if it were really a tough economy. You've got to build that into your plan when you're, when you're analyzing these properties is you have to have that exit plan as well as that sort of long-term outlook. What if things do, what if there's a major crash? How bad could it be? What would it be? And if it was really bad, would you survive it? What's your, your lending you know, parameters? Can I, can I survive this with the kind of loan that I've got for this property, you know, agency loan or whatever funding you may have? And those are all factors that you have to look at in that assessment. It's not just looking at the T12s and the, and the rent roll. And, you know, you, you need to look beyond that. And I think that to me is, is going into it very conservatively. And you got to think, too, if you're syndicating, you've got to look at your investors, too, as you want to have a great reputation. You want these people to come back to your next deal and your next deal and your right. next deal. So I just have a very conservative uh, approach. What do you predict is going to happen in the real estate market over the next six to 12 months? And are you buying, selling or, or just or sitting back and watching? Yeah, I am one of those right now that's kind of waiting till uh, November, <laughs> you know, waiting to see what happens here with the elections. Uh, th that could be a, a major indicator. And I kind of talk to the people that are asking me for my advice. It's, you know, it's, it's your choice. There's some great deals out there right now, actually, because some people are maybe due to forbearance or whatever it may be, are, you know, unloading properties at pretty good uh, prices. But I'm kind of a, have a wait and see approach right now to see what the, the new year is going to be like. In the meantime, I'm focusing on the, on the projects that I have and trying to do the best work I can to make those you know, maximize in terms of their return. 
Bill, I believe anyone that has success in business must have a high level of self-discipline. And how did you gain such a high level of self-discipline? I think for me, you know, I, I started off having my own businesses way back. I mean, we're 30 years back. And uh, in that, I would get up super early in the morning. And that is something that stuck with me to today. You know, I, I'm up at four o'clock in the morning, uh, sometimes earlier, but usually around four or five in the morning. And that's where I get my best work done. That's when I really can focus on, on the things before the, you know, the emails start coming in and the phone calls and all the other stuff. It's having that that time that in the morning where I can really be focused and directed. What about, a, a, is there any other daily habits that you're very disciplined about that's helped you achieve success? Yeah, well, I, you know, I kind of really believe in uh, the one thing, you know, the, the Keller book that to me is, is really key is, is knowing what your one thing is uh, if for that year, maybe for the next five, 10 years as well. But that breaks down to, you know, the, the one thing for the month, for the week, for the day. And so when I when I plot out my day, I, I look at that one thing that I've got to accomplish that's going to make a difference for the one thing for the year. And I think that that's that staying focused on that really does make a difference. What's a way you've recently improved your business that we could apply to ours? I think it's smart to, to be conservative in your vesting, uh, whether you're young or old, because I'm an old dog here. <laughs> you know, I, I'm, I'm more focused on, on being very conservative. And not making a move unless I really feel that, you know, I've checked everything. I've done my extensive analysis. I've done my homework. I've talked to the people I need to talk to. And I make a move, you know, only if and I really feel that comfortable with it. And I've had a lot of things I've walked away from, things that have been under contract that I've walked away from because it just didn't line up right. And I think that approach is going to help you whether you're young or old. It's just being concerned, you know, that that nest egg, whether it's five million you've got in the bank or whether it's, you know, 5,000, I think you need to treat it like it's gold. And you, you've got to, you know, look at that's going to be 6,000. That's going to be, you know, 10,000. And you got to look at what it can be if you really make the right decisions. What's your best source for meeting new investors right now? Well, I think probably the thing that really has kind of propelled me and helped me to get very close to achieving my goal now is uh, is my podcast and my also my you know my blog as well. But I've met so many great people through my podcast, and in that process, I have you know folks that are listening to me on the show all the time that get to know me. You know, it's like we're friends. And sometimes I get on the phone with these folks and, and it's like, yeah, you know, we, we could talk about all the, the guests or the things that have happened. And there's already a rapport, even though I've never talked to them before. That's where I feel that some of the best quality uh, investors I, I, I've made contact with. Awesome. I can definitely relate to that as well. Uh, just how the listeners feel like they already know you. And, and it's great. I, I love that. You know, we can have that. Uh, they can, we can build that trust, right? Before we ever even talk. And they can, they know so much about you because they listen so often. So what's the number one thing that's contributed to your success, Bill? Persistence. <laughs> it's just persistence, you know, being an old dog, you know, I, I don't really care. <laughs> you know, I mean, I don't know, I shouldn't say I care, but I've got a focus where I'm not, I don't know, I think when you're kind of in the working world and when I was in the corporate world, as well as as an entrepreneur, you're, you're so worried about what everybody else thinks. And I try to do the right thing. And that's what's important to me. And I don't care what everybody thinks about it. So I, as long as I'm, uh, you know, a little bulldog there kind of moving forward. I think that's what's helped me. It's just not giving up, not getting discouraged and try not let the little things get to you. And how do you like to give back? 
Well, I think I kind of touched on that. I think, uh, you know, our nonprofit, it's a Childhood International is the name of the organization. And uh, we work with abandoned, orphaned and at-risk children in Haiti, uh, living on the streets of Haiti. And uh, we've been doing that now for quite a while. And uh, that that's uh, that's my, my favorite, my favorite charity, favorite way to get back. Nice. Well, Bill, it's been a pleasure to get to know you. And I know the listeners and I have both learned a lot. And I just appreciate you going through just investing after 50, just the concerns and risks. And, you know, that can be scary sometimes, right? Or, you know, is it worth taking that risk and, and doing the research to learn how we need to do that? But just appreciate you thinking, helping us think through like having that why and that thing that's encouraging us to, to keep pushing forward. And so grateful for that. Tell the listeners how they can get in touch with you and learn more about you. Sure. Well, I think the website is probably the best place, and that's olddogsreinetwork.com. That's old dogs is spelled D-A-W-G-S, and REI is, stands for Real Estate Investing and the network.com. And uh, yeah, they can come there if they, if they want to write to me or, or just feel free. I, I, try to, I try to get to every email I get, and you can go in through the contact page there. And, and plus, there's just tons of resources there that you can access for free that are available for anybody trying to you know figure out wh- where they want to invest and how. Awesome, Bill. That's a wrap. Thank you very much. Don't go yet. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I would love it if you would go to iTunes right now and leave a rating and written review. I want to hear your feedback. It makes a big difference in getting the podcast out there. You can also go to the Real Estate Syndication Show on Facebook so you can connect with me and we can also receive feedback and your questions there that you want me to answer on the show. Subscribe too so you can get the latest episodes. Lastly, I want to keep you updated. So head over to lifebridgecapital.com and sign up for the newsletter. If you're interested in partnering with me, sign up on the contact us page so you can talk to me directly. Have a blessed day and I will talk to you tomorrow. Thank you for listening to the Real Estate Syndication Show brought to you by LifeBridge Capital. LifeBridge Capital works with investors nationwide to invest in real estate while also donating 50% of its profits to assist parents who are committing to adoption. LifeBridge Capital, making a difference, one investor and one child at a time. Connect online at www.lifebridgecapital.com for free material and videos to further your success.